0: Hey folks, I just wanted to uh, explain some of the context of these episodes. I recorded much of the, most of these in the fall um, because of the conventions that I went to in the fall and the other malaise in making new stuff. It took me a while to get myself together to actually finish and upload these episodes so there will be some talk of stuff that happened in the past or about conventions at that time period this is my quick little disclaimer it should be no longer a minute it It won't be on a whole bunch of episodes but on a few days I guess you can just skip a minute once you start hearing this part
1: I feel the energy hey
0: It's coming. Took me Hey folks, welcome to another episode of England Bliss. Uh, on this episode I talk to um, comic critic and editor J.A. Micheline, also known as Jam. We cover um, what got her into comic criticism a bit. Uh some of her thoughts on comic criticism and dealing with the creators, uh, the comics, Twitter and internet, uh, the disagreements between critics, fans and creators, and some of her, um, I guess I said some of her online battles, you know, uh, debates of sorts online. Uh, I enjoyed this conversation. I hope you guys do too i feeling like a champ now. I went to rap rap, homie. Get out the trap
1: house. I want the power to be able to rap out what I rap out. Black child, God loving textiles, point blank death smile, Steph Curry, projectile. I saw the goal from eight miles. Every stone you threw, I picked it up and built a powerhouse. Caught a case. I got murder in my profile. Niggas still billing me. See, that's just the appealing me. Respect on my name. Why y'all niggas so emotional? Power, power. power. I feel the energy. energy. Hey, it's coming. So, my first question.
0: He What made you start writing about comics and getting into criticism?
2: Hmm. Um. I mean, to be honest, like, I think I saw a tweet um, from Greg Greca about Comicosity uh, wanting new writers. I think they were specifically looking for women and maybe even women of color. And I was like, oh, cool. I have thoughts about Com- times, And that's really how I started. Um, so I was writing reviews at Comicosity. And then I ended up meeting here on Twitter. And I had like, more extensive feelings and stuff, like, beyond just reviews. I think I wrote, you know, definitely wrote something. The first thing I read about comics was this piece about Damien Wayne. And then after that, I just kept writing stuff, I guess. Like, I, mean, I enjoy writing criticism. I like, you know, thinking about, you know, art and media and culture. So I guess it kind of made sense, and I just kept doing it because I liked it pretty much.
0: Um, so going with that, um, in terms of interacting with, uh, the comics community, how do you Mm -hmm. feel you've been received?
2: (laughs) Uh, um, I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. Um, some people are great. Some people suck. (laughs)
1: Um,
2: (laughs) that's, I guess that's all I can say. Um. Some people have been really warm and welcoming, and like even if they don't agree and I don't agree with them, um, you know we still have really good levels of discourse and have like interesting conversations. And some people kind of like drag you back to square one, and you have to explain stupid shit. Like, hey, um, black people are also people, so you know we'll call A, we'll call a B. I don't know I mean I think overall if I had to if I had to say so though I think it's mostly been positive um I've been able to do a lot of things because of that so I can't totally say that comics has been completely negative for the comics community I guess um but yeah it's it's a mixed bag for sure
0: um going with that is it has it been pretty exhausting for you this year in terms of like comic stuff online? Cause like uh, there's been a couple times where you got into it with really one specific person, Brandon Graham, and it just becomes this huge thing, like days upon days. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm reading tweets. You
2: know, I don't. I I don't think about. Brandon that much like in terms of like things that cause me stress in fact honestly, how he responded that it was how you know, people our mutual friends responded to the situation um, was actually more frustrating for me than anything else I guess cause it's frustrating to like be perpetually disrespected by somebody and then have your mutual friends be like oh that's unfortunate and then just kind of move on But, like, you know, people figured it out. I don't think that... I don't think, like, my interactions with Brandon in particular have been noticeably exhausting in, like, the grander context of, like, how exhausting comics is. Like, I mean... Like, the stuff with Brandon is, like, what we talked about Island, I guess, and then he was talking some absolute foolishness about, um the shaken cover i believe is was the inciting incident for the second thing where he was acting a fool but like uh, relatively speaking and and that's kind of what the sad thing is really in comics is that like you know there's some people where like you know this guy's really annoying but at least he's not a criminal because they're like actual people who have committed crimes in comics True. so like it's all relative right like you know at least he didn't sexually harass somebody right you know <laughs> <laughs> so like i guess he didn't actually commit a real crime <laughs> so you know you kind of this is how we all get dragged back to baseline because everyone's so shitty that like you know our standards for behavior become so low but yeah i mean am i tired all the time um not specifically related to brandon because it's whatever like i'm i'm tired of people not learning things and people having to say the same thing over and over and over again to like literally no effect. I'm definitely tired about what's going to come next in comics. Like, I mean, not just in comics, to be honest, like this is the general, like American cultural zeitgeist because what happens after like blatant episodes of white supremacy is like blatant white denial And it's not just white supremacy, it's, like, kind of all of these things, but, like, you know, there's going to come a period where all of this nonsense is over, or, you know, America dissolves, either or. Um, But presuming it doesn't, you know, the next thing will be, well, at least I wasn't as bad as that guy. And that's kind of how, you know, we arrive at, it's just a cycle, I guess, like a cycle of complacency and no one really wanting to do anything about anything. And that to me is way more tiring than anything Brandon Graham can do or say.
0: Have you? Had is any... my answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had any other like, um, or maybe even worse interactions with people like online or even in real life? In um, terms of comics, I've, I
2: think I've. In comics, sure, yeah. I mean, people, you know, call me names like. You know, use racial slurs, whatever. Um, those are just strangers. Those are, like... And that's, like... Almost arguably, like, the least offensive stuff, like I said. I I can't really get mad about, like, Trump lover 69 swinging by my Twitter, you know, to call me a nigger. Like, okay, fam. Like, do you? Like, I can't... I mean, I could get upset about that, but, like, I can't really get that upset. Um, I mean the more upsetting thing is like is again it's the complacency it's that people don't really give a shit when it comes time to like actually you know make a difference or you know speaking out in the community cause like I guess the fresh well there are many frustrating things but the, the things that have been worse to me have went have been situations where like the time where I most wanted to quit comics was you know the period where um, Hydro Cap started, actually. So, like, a year and a little bit ago is when I really wanted to quit comics, because it really wasn't, you know, that anyone had said anything to me or done anything to me um, at all. Um, It was really much more that everyone was conducting themselves so badly, and by everyone I mostly mean, like, really badly behaved comics creators. And yeah, sure, there are always some badly behaved critics, but, like, also the critic creator, like, power dynamic is completely uneven um and it's not just that they behave badly it's that their peers let them behave badly and that's always the thing that gets me like nothing in comics is going to change as long as because people will do what they believe they're permitted to do like what is socially acceptable they will receive no repercussions for doing like that's why you know you have a lot of these creators acting like absolute assholes on twitter because they know that nothing's really gonna happen to them um no one none of their peers are gonna say anything and it's just gonna be like oh that's awkward and then move on um and that's the shit that actually i find more undermining and frustrating and upsetting is when i'm like clearly being treated badly by somebody and everyone's just like oh that sucks well jam can hold her own so we'll just leave it alone thanks guys <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: <that's laughs> like pretty terrible i
2: mean Yeah, I mean, and it's not just me. Like, plenty of other people have these experiences. Um, I mean, I think this happens to Emma Hubbaugh, like, all the time. Um, But, yeah.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So, was it the interactions dealing with Hydra Cap? Or? Because it has to be more than just the Um, idea of Hydra Cap. Cause it's stupid. No, it's I mean, bad, it, it,
2: yeah, it wasn't even it wasn't even the idea. Like, I mean, the idea was, was bad, but it became something more than that because it really, I think the hydrocap episode really just kind of nicely delineated exactly how, um, you know, dominant power structures co op marginalized language and then make the make it about themselves. So, kind of the pattern of that whole thing was this was. um Marvel announces there's going to be Hydra Cap written by Spencer. Uh and then oh, which happened to coincide with the um give Captain America a boyfriend movement, which was an unfortunate coincidence I think on Marvel's part like they obviously couldn't know that there was going to be some kind of a fan movement at the same time. But it was like kind of a bad look I guess because um Because, what was I going to say? Oh, it was kind of a bad look because, um, you know, there have been all these conversations about how Marvel's queer representation has not really been up to par. And so, you know, they're willing to kind of make, kind of take the unusual step of making Steve Rogers Hydra, um, but they're not willing to make him, for example, bisexual or something like that. Uh, um, So that was that part. And that's where it started. So then there were some criticisms, especially, I think, from Jewish fans and critics who weren't, you know, really pleased by, um, you know, the use of Steve Rogers' legacy that way in the context of um, how the creators, like, Jewish creators, um, specifically made him and in response to, um, you know, the rise of the Nazis. Uh, at that point, like, you know, I really wasn't that involved. Like, I'm not Jewish, so I was really more just listening. I mean, to me, it seemed like, hey, you know, these Jewish fans are not really happy about how this legacy is being used, and I don't see anything that would delegitimize that perspective at all. Like, you know, it's their sovereign opinion and right to have these feelings about these specific things that matter to their legacy. Whereas, um, let me think. So, that's what how that started. So then instead of, you know, being like, "Hey, you know, hopefully you guys like the story." Like, I mean, I I don't I don't know what the ideal response would be because I'm not Jewish, so I don't know how um you know, uh, this would be received, but I feel like ideally someone would say something like, "Hey, um, you know, I hear what you guys are saying, and I I understand. I hope you guys stick with us, but I get it." Like I I understand that this is something that you're not pleased with Um, and I'll think about what you said and maybe like or try to take that into account or something I don't know I guess some kind of respectful response but instead it became what it always becomes in comics which is oh the fans are just getting outraged out of nowhere and this is really ridiculous so where it really got out of control and this is kind of what I mean about marginalized criticism or marginalized, you know, ideas being co-opted by dominant narratives. Um, We're really spun out of control. Is um, Devin Farachi, uh, who was the former editor-in-chief of uh, Birth Movies Death, who, incidentally, related to the race to someone who had—I can't remember whether he had harassed or actually assaulted um, a woman, but regardless he is no longer part of birth movies death um but he wrote this piece that was basically discussing how fans have too much access and too much entitlement when it comes to um, media and of course <laughs> um you know creators latched on to this and were like see yeah you know this is this isn't about you know marginalized criticism what this is actually about is like you guys having too much access to us and like involving yourselves where you shouldn't and making demands of us that you shouldn't be making and that you're entitled um and actually this is about death threats to us so what you have now is basically a group of people who are defining themselves you know rhetorically as a protected class which they absolutely are not and then lumping marginalized criticism in with other behaviors that are, of course, ridiculous. Like, you know, death threats are bad. But then when you know, you have to spend your entire time being like, yeah, I know death threats are bad. That said, in addition to this thing, there are other criticisms that we have. You can't get that far because everyone's dragging you back to score one every time.
0: So wait, (laughs) wait, wait, wait. So you have a bunch of people online complaining Mm -hmm. that people have access to them Mm -hmm. online that they chose to go online and give people access to
2: yeah i mean i don't think it's as simple as that like and we've seen other examples of i don't like to use the word entitlement because i think it's too loaded and i think it's not specific enough to what's going on but you do have instances where i don't like how this story went so I'm going to send the writer or artist of it a death threat, or I'm going to tweet them angrily about how I don't like how this story went. Um, but there's a difference between I don't like how this story went as in as a general narrative complaint, and I don't like how this story went because of how it participates in the following issues, right? So you have two very similar behaviors, but with completely different motivations, So some of it is like, yeah, you know, I think it is kind of shit that people receive, like, violent abuse because someone doesn't like the story that they wrote. That's ridiculous. Um, And I think that does fall under what people would describe as entitlement. Because no one is entitled to a story going exactly the way that they want it to go. But... Um, and I'm so annoyed that I have to say but, because, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, nuance, I mean, it, this requires nuance, right? Like, yeah. it's not the same thing as a Jewish person being like, hey, actually, I don't love how this participates in anti-Semitism in the ways that I, you know, I'm describing here, or to me, this disrespects the legacy of Jewish comic creators by doing the following things because. Um, and I'm not in a position to Discuss the legitimacy of those arguments because I'm not Jewish. So you know, to me, it's like just listen. That that's all that's required. And I don't think it's just you know, oh, they chose to go online, so therefore they deserve what they get. Because I mean, I go online, and I don't think I deserve to be treated badly. I don't think anyone deserves to be treated badly online, um, especially for low stakes nonsense. Um, but there's really been just a serious and very convenient, ultimately, is how I feel. Like, I was young and naive back when I wrote that Strange Fruit piece about, like, oh, you know, maybe if I tell them about what the things that they were doing, they'll just, you know, understand and then not do it next time and, like, really understand that this is just about the work and not personal. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of children in this industry. Like, no one can receive criticism appropriately so then we all have to go back to conversations about death threats instead of having like you know actual conversations about the things that are going on in comics not that death threats aren't going on in comics also like they are but we can't have any conversations with any nuance or any substance because we keep getting dragged back by fuckasses. <laughs> it's ridiculous um and i want i basically want better for this industry, for this community, and I don't know how to get it. <laughs> I don't.
0: Um, do you feel that your writing is helping?
2: I don't know. Some days, yeah. Some days, no. For sure. I I don't know. I feel like a lot of times, I feel like I'm wasting my time. And that is partially because of like that sensation of getting dragged back to the basics because like i'm trying to talk about certain things and i can't get there because i keep having to talk about bullshit
1: <laughs>
2: like that like i keep having to talk about bullshit we all keep having to talk about bullshit like i mean Howard shakin made a comic with like a racial slur on the cover of it and people still Well, freedom is motherfucker have you lost your mind have you lost your mind? Like, the, <laughs> like it's, it's it's absurd. Like it's really absurd. And people are asking, like, you know, why is comics criticism so bad? I'll tell you why comics criticism is so bad. It's because the res- the receivers of comics criticism are idiots. That's the reason why comics <laughs> criticism is bad. No, I'll tell you because they don't. De- they like anything that demands anything more than the absolute basics. Ninety five percent. I mean, that's probably being mean, but, like, 95% of creators are not ready to hear that. They just aren't. And, like, anything beyond, like, you know, just general or, in some cases, very specific praise is not welcome. And then they want to ask me why comics criticism sucks so much, and why is nobody writing about the art, and why is it just clickbait now? Like, maybe if you guys were actually invested and interested in real criticism, then, you know, the community would be better. But instead, y'all just sitting around fucking around. Like, <laughs> what do you, what do you want me to do about the fact that your standards are so low? Like, help me out. Sorry, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm people sad ask I mean.
0: you that regularly. Like, do like creators ask I'm, you regularly, or is that just like when people say, "Oh, comic mean, criticism people, sucks"? Because I, I know I've said it, but I went to art school and I know how to take a real critique where you know you might not come out of it feeling great about your work but you go do better work decibels smoke loud move loud too proud they tell her pipe it down but she make decibels decibels smoke loud move loud too proud so, sus, cover up that Nefertiti, Nefertiti, Nefertiti Afrodisiac, cause she my Afrodidit. Afrodidit, Afrodidit. Voodoo lady, give them niggas hippie jibbies. Hippie jibbies. Hippie jibbies. Wicked witches freaking in my tippy tippy. Tippy tippy. Tippy tippy.
1: i mean
2: i'll say this is that like at least in my experience when i first started being involved in the community it seemed like every six weeks there was a conversation about like why comics criticism is so bad i actually feel like we've mostly got away from that conversation that's partially because like you know the u.s is literally burning down around you know all these people so everyone's distracted like they don't really have time to complain about comics criticism because you know the rise of fascism which you know fair but Um, and also, like, I think I've just also narrowed my, like, Twitter feed to this point, because, like, I'm just not trying to hear foolishness anymore. (laughs) But, I mean, it definitely is a thing that's said about how bad comics criticism is. Um, And it is bad, right? I mean, this is the other thing. Like, we can't really front to a certain extent. It's just that, like, these things are said, once again, with no nuance. Yeah. Like, there's definitely some great comics criticism out there there's also a lot of nonsense um there's a lot of nonsense that like you know creators retweet and like post up because what they're interested in is those 10s out of 10s right which hey i'm not against 10 out of 10s by the way i'm super pro 10 out of 10 i like love to read effusive reviews that are you know precise and nuanced like that's great i don't care like if you put numbers on your reviews that's fine Um, but I'm saying that it's not just the criticism, right? Like, it's a, you know, this is a cycle here. Like, if you start, if you continue to demand, like, better criticism and, like, you know, encouraging the people who are doing the work that you like, then, yeah, you'll get more of that because, I mean, half because, you know, you're setting a certain stand, critical standard or, like, community standard for the kinds of things that you're interested in, and half because, like, this is a game, right? Like, if people realize that the things that that creators will share and that people will read are, you know, nuanced pieces of criticism, then that's what they'll get. Like, this is driven by clicks. This is driven by, you know, social capital for whatever that may mean. Like, hey, you want to be friends with some creators? Maybe write some good criticism. Some people will think that way, and maybe they'll start writing good criticism. I don't really give a shit why you write good criticism, as long as you do it. Like... (laughs) You know, like, if you want to be BFFs with, like, your favorite creator and you write a, like, actual, and when I say good review, I don't mean a positive review. I mean, like, a good, like, solid criticism of that person, then that's amazing. I don't think it's going to work because they all hate, like, real criticism.
1: But, I mean, <laughs> good luck,
2: bruh. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's definitely one way to come at it. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's a community thing. I think we can all stand to raise the standards of criticism, we can all stand to raise the standards of comics. Like, all of this needs to come up together at one time. Like, the reason, like, I get fired up when someone says, uh comics criticism sucks, is not because I don't recognize that a lot, we n- depending on where the volume is coming from, maybe even most of comics criticism sucks, but, like, instead it's, that's usually said without any responsibility for, what's happening on the other side. And I wish there were more like, I just wish everything was better and it's not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, have you noticed a difference between, um, the response to criticism between indie creators or small press versus more mainstream, larger press?
2: Mm -mm, no I think that's like something that you know small press kind of wants to believe of itself but I mean we just saw Brandon Graham acting a damn fool which admittedly he's not small press like he's non-mainstream press I guess but like there are no rules for this like the amount of money you have invested maybe makes your ability to be an asshole a little bit stronger like you have more resources to just be a dick i guess but like there is there's no difference between you know response to criticism in terms of small press um you know corporate comics and whatever else like i mean simon hanselman wrote that ridiculous comic about Tilly walden um and i think someone kind of criticized that and this person acted i mean Towards the critics, Simon and H- Hanselman act like a total asshole, and he's small press. Like there, there are no rules here. Like there's, there's no like more artistic integrity outside of c- corporate comics versus within corporate comics. Um, people behave badly because they can behave badly, and that has nothing to do with the Marvel DC image brand. It's that they they're. they're society's bad i guess that that's really
0: society's more what it is. like i mean i
2: can't i can't imagine like you know a white person you know outside of corporate comics being more well behaved than someone who's within corporate comics when it comes to criticism about you know fr- about racism and those issues because that's it's that's just how it is unfortunately i mean i wish i could say that I mean, I think there are more there are more opportunities for marginalized people in those realms. I will say that. Um, you will find more queer comics in small press. You will find more black people making comics um, in small press, more Latinx people making comics, more people with disabilities making comics. You'll find all of that, um, you know, outside of corporate comics. Um, again, because society is bad and Corporate comics really seems to mostly be interested in um, directing their products towards the dominant classes. So that's kind of how that works. But in terms of reception of criticism, I don't particularly see any difference.
0: Mm, okay. Do you um? Do you think there's a lot uh, a big problem? with uh sexism in the critic community
2: this f- a big problem with what sorry, sexism.
0: Sorry, sexism sexism do you think there's an oh issue? sexism yeah. oh
2: hell yeah yeah i mean julian whatever problems there are in the real world so shall there be in comics <laughs> so like i mean because comics is the real world um so yeah there's sexism in the comics community there's sexism in the critical community Um, women's criticism is received with a lot more vitriol than male criticism is, um, and is responded, like, is responded to in ways that are absolutely inappropriate. Um, and, yeah, I mean, sexism is real. I I don't know what else to say except (laughs) that's, that's reality. I mean, things are getting better for white women. They're not solved for white women, especially white cis women. Um, but again, still plenty of disrespect um, in the most basic basic ways. Like, what, today James Cameron's running his mouth about Wonder Woman? Like, I, I don't even have any skin in the game in terms of Wonder Woman. I don't particularly like that movie, but what is that man talking about? Like,
1: <laughs>
0: I mean... I only saw a little bit, so, like, I was confused with the little one sentence I read. I was like, that doesn't make much sense. And I, I moved along with my day. But yeah i I understand what you're saying
2: (laughs) yeah i mean it's like so basic it's not even like there's no nuance to it whatsoever there's always some kind of foolishness going on and someone talking some nonsense so yeah there's there's sexism in the community there's racism in the comics community queerphobia transphobia you name it they've got it um for days that's that's just the way that it is
0: yeah you know um I'm asking probably a lot of these basic questions because I do think that some of the dialogue that I see, Mm -hmm. especially about comic criticism and the stuff that I see you or other friends go through or the conversations that we've had, Mm -hmm. and I don't think anybody's really talking about it. So I'm like, let me start with some super basic questions so that people that listen to this can kind of understand just a just a tip of the iceberg about some of the things going on before yeah. reading a just a bleeding a bleeding cool article that's like a a summary of of something that happened and, and written in <laughs> sarcasm like oh so. foolish <laughs> so. yeah
2: i mean rich johnson's a fool also um I mean, but here's actually the interesting thing about Rich Johnston. Well, not really the interesting thing about Rich Johnston, so much as the interesting thing about Bleeding Cool. Um, comics creators have been claim, complaining about Bleeding Cool's tactics for, like, years. Years. Like, I'm not the first person to take issue. And I actually even haven't really taken that much issue with Bleeding Cool. Like, I just kind of mostly ignore them and teach their own, like, whatever. Um, there was a time two years ago where where rich formally um i think basically like almost intimidate like was attempting to intimidate emma hubba because he like published one of her emails just to kind of prove that he could after she'd written something about um hannah and shannon's um p- ethics and journalism because hannah mean shannon basically did this like a uh, puff interview with scott alley um the mm. former editor-in-chief of dark horse um right either before or directly after um it was revealed that he had bitten joe harris yeah yeah that
0: um
2: was and that a piece story. was about to come out yeah um so and hannah I mean shannon had done this like softball interview with him like the day it dropped or the day before it dropped because they knew it was coming um And then also immediately after was hired as an associate editor over there. And it's like, guys, are you serious? Um, So anyway, I think uh, Emma wrote something about that whole situation and how badly it was handled. um, And basically how unethical Hannah Mae and Shannon's conduct was throughout that entire thing. And rich decided that was the point where he could screen cap some of emma's e- private emails that he got access to th- through like a list or something um uh really just to show that he could there was nothing of substance worth reporting on in her email um there was nothing there was really no story whatsoever except hey look emma i can see your emails if i want to um which is incredibly disgusting in behavior
1: yeah
2: um And so that's kind of when, you know, Rich Johnston and Bleeding Cool were were formally on my shit list. That said, um, for years, creators have been disapproving, I will say, at a minimum of Bleeding Cool's tactics and sometimes the things that they report on. People will be like, oh, I don't want to say this thing because I don't want to end up on Bleeding Cool tomorrow as having caused drama or what have you. But the thing that... I find actually a lot more annoying is not that they don't like, you know, the publication or the website or whatever because, you know, fair dues, but instead that for some reason interviews are still given to this site. You know? Because that's the thing that gets me. It's like, you guys talk a big game, but you're still promoting your comics over there, so you can't dislike him that much. Like, (laughs) It would be so easy for, you know, a lot of these big names to be... And, and admittedly, Bleeding Cool is a tabloid site, right? Yeah. So they'll always have news. Even if they're denied interviews, they will always have things to run and things to discuss and whatever. Um, but it would be very easy for, you know, people to deny access to Bleeding Cool. Because God knows, like, you know, Marvel and other, you know, publishers are denying access um, to certain other websites right
1: yeah so why
2: not just be like hey actually i'm not gonna give an interview to bleeding cool because i don't like how they you know they work over there um but instead the wheel still turns and things are what they are right
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: i think it's mad i'm just mad lately i mean not lately i'm always mad obviously um but you know i guess i'm just mad because i i just like can't figure out like what it's gonna take for people to like take any kind of stand at all like how bad do things like I, i'm gonna find out how bad things have to be before someone's like okay actually this is, is gone far enough um it seems like it's sort of nazis but not really sometimes it's nazis but only sort of <laughs> um nazis is like the line that it seems like people can agree perhaps you've gone too far maybe um and even then that's like kind of unclear but everything else mostly seems up for grabs um that's kind of the understanding that i have now of comics i have very dim view of the behavior that goes on and just like how you know weak shit everyone is
1: um
2: i i mean (laughs) it's true i don't know what to say everyone's everyone's so like such weak shit and i can't i can't figure it out like i like I, I can't, I don't know what to do. And I don't know, I, I don't know what to do. It's really, it's really bothering me. It's been bothering me for years now. I just don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to, like, you know, I don't know, scare a spine, inspire a spine, politely request a spine. Like, I, I don't know what it is that there is to try. Like, what haven't, you know, what hasn't been tried that will suddenly make people sort themselves the fuck out. Like, I don't don't know what my remaining options are. I don't know what our remaining options are. Because it seems like, mostly we're just satisfied to be like, man, comic sucks. And then shrug. And be like, yeah, comic sucks. And then go back to business as usual. And it's like, and I guess it's especially galling, like, because most of the bad behavior is rooted in well, most um, a large portion of the bad behavior is rooted in um, superhero comics, mm-hmm. um, and it's such it's it's like such a cognitive dissonance, specifically because it's superheroes. Like, I think if I was into like I don't know film or whatever the fuck, like it wouldn't feel this like deeply angering because like. There's like the main track of corporate film is not superhero narratives. Yeah. There's like all kinds of like bullshit. Mm-hmm. Whereas like superheroes, like specific thing is like if I see something wrong is happening, then I'm going to go do something about it. And I'm yeah. like, these are the, sa- the same dudes. The same <laughs> dudes who just sitting there like, man, it sucks that that woman got her ass damn. And then they go and write a comic about Superman like (laughs) like it's i don't and 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 it impacts the work and that's the other thing that kills me is that like how can i read like a superhero comic written by someone who i know has no spine in real life how could i do that how could i enjoy that knowing that like whatever you're gonna write like you can't like you can't even talk the talk never mind walk the walk so like and all of this, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if, like, everyone else is just, like, fine with this. Maybe they are. Maybe I'm... No. I, in fact, I know for a fact that everyone is not fine with this. But, like, it's wild. And I, and I don't know what it's going to take. Um, I know I've been talking a lot. <laughs> um, I will say one more thing. The thing that's been getting to me lately is... I think... Th- People haven't really made the connection between um, white supremacy, patriarchy, the whole hierarchical structure of like these dominant power structures, and how it fits into um, comics and the creators, the creator, fan, creator, critic, creator, non-creator um, power dynamic. Because you know, creators kind of seem to function as though they're i won't say protected class but they they do function as though they are a class um, they generally don't speak out um or disagree with their peers in public and it seems like you know it's kind of everyone is supposed to have everybody's back in comics like creator wise mm-hmm. um um with a handful of exceptions and What I'd really like people to think about is what that means when historically um, marginalized people have been shut out of that, right? So if historically creators have mostly been white men, then what's being protected is not creators, but instead whiteness and maleness and cisness and straightness and all of these things because, you know the odds are that this criticism is being received from the outside precisely because there aren't those people on the inside to begin with. Right. Yeah. Like, and then on top of that, um, what few people there are, um, like what few non-binary people there are, what few, um, you know, people of color there are, what few, and, and, and not just people of color, but specifically, um, underrepresented people of color, like, um, native people, um, or um, people with disabilities, but few people who are within that circle then are forced to choose. um, Not, I don't think, by their community necessarily because I think, you know, I kind of understand when, you know, there's shit going down and black creators don't really want to get involved. I understand that. Because, like, you know, part of the ability to succeed in these environments sometimes does mean keeping your head down. It's not necessarily something that... I personally c- can do in all contexts, but everybody has different lines and I respect that. But part of the issue is that, you know, even the feeling that they're forced to choose, right? They're forced to choose between being a marginalized person and being a creator, which is something that, you know, the vast majority of these other guys are never going to have to choose. And I, it seems to me that very few people have really made this connection yet between this creator and non-creator dynamic and how all of these politics are involved in it because this silence from the creative community is absolutely upholding all of these things because of how the creator circles were drawn in the f- first place um so yeah comics really really bum me out <laughs> <laughs> um i I hope they get better, but I also don't have much hope that they will get better.
0: Do you feel <laughs> that um, with the last thing you just said, that that they don't want to think about it? That they, they try not to... They try to ignore it or deny it because they feel some of them, I, I do think there's an image in comics that is actually very left-leaning and liberal. And it's sometimes when you get to that fact with with whites who feel that they are left and liberal that they are not engaging or participating within white supremacy in the structures and patriarchy and a whole bunch of other stuff because they feel like mm-hmm. you know hey I was taught X and you know I don't see color and men and women are equal kind of and you know stuff like that like and then they just kind of deny it and just keep on going like we all like Wolverine right and everyone Mm -hmm. claps or like we all got into this because we all bought X-Men number one and X-Force number one and that's when I fell in love with comics and that's how we bond we're not white and black we're we're comic (laughs) book fans we're superhero fans like I've seen it (laughs) And then you start talking yeah. about real stuff and then be like, nah, nah, B, you white. Yeah. <laughs> like,
2: totally. <laughs> like, I mean, I think, yeah, it's it's all of the above, right? I think people don't want to think about it. They want to have a good time and you're ruining their good time.
0: Yeah, like you know? why are we talking about this so like, much?
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially because I don't know. I was about to say especially because like it's an it's entertainment field um which is probably still true like i think people also kind of don't want to i mean you've seen like a ton of like oh you know we don't want politics involved in this thing
1: mm-hmm.
2: um and unfortunately politics remains imbued in in everything um and yeah i think some of it is also like you know, if we don't think about it, then we'll just get over it. Like, you and I, you know, you're black and and I'm white, but we both like X-Men. Therefore, you know, we're united together. And, like, fam, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not how that, no.
0: That's not how this works.
2: Like, <laughs> that, that's not how it works. And it would be cute if that's how it did work, but that's, that's just in reality not how it goes down um on every front especially x-men man <laughs> i hate the x-men oh man julian you know I, how much i hate the x-men <laughs>
0: <laughs> damn i still got I, love with my heart for the x-men even though i'm like a i like, shit.
2: i think it's not even that it's that like i probably don't actually hate the x-men i just like resent so much of the bullshit associated with x-men and i think like the kind of just wildness of them being like, it's about being marginalized, but not really though. No. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: And like Fuck y'all.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. Come I feel on. you. It's very interesting like that, to think that the X Men's never too been written. much. Yeah. They've never written by You've never seen the black perspective on the X Men and it's yeah. built on the civil rights movement. You've right. never seen that perspective in that comic. And I don't know if you've seen the Latin perspective, really, besides mm-hmm. art. And yeah. And you saw you saw a lot of Jewish perspective, and nothing wrong with that. But specifically for yeah, that's cu- awesome. A couple of characters: yeah. Kitty Pride, Magneto, occasionally They mm-hmm. bring in a thing with the numbers and stuff. Um, and yeah. You see, there was this period where they were shooting manip- a lot of uh, the gay rights movement into it. And yeah. Like, but it's like, a, it felt like very like, and this might get me in trouble, but like the white side of being gay and not like the totality of being LGBTQ. Like, mm-hmm. it was just very like, oh, like, it, it felt like this is what white guys, like gay white guys are in like San Francisco, not like the lesbian idea of being gay. Like, there's, there's so many different facets of that life that I didn't even see explored if you're going to try to pull from that that mars last community to tell some of these stories and replace yeah. that with superpowers
2: I mean that's part of the the whole thing that really gets to me is that I think it's kind of like what you were saying before how they don't want to talk about like the real issues so then they're like the only marginalization that's real is mutant marginalization and that's it so you never get like you know And it's not, I mean, right, you were saying that, like, you know, there there are Jewish heroes and there are some black heroes. Um, There are some, like, a very small amount of queer heroes. Um, But you never really get to see how those involve themselves with each other. And I don't even think that that's necessarily just on the X-Men or just on even, um, like, historically... What, what am I trying to say? I don't think it's just on, like, historic comics. Like, I think that's still happening now. And I think, I don't know if this was, someone told me that this actually might have been the crew, so I don't know. I thought it was an X-Men comic, but it might have been the crew. I, don't, I, I need to track it down. But the bottom line being, there was a conversation be- with Storm and this other black woman about how, like, things are getting crazy, basically. Um, I think with regards to race. Like, I think the black woman who was not a mutant was saying that, like, things were getting crazy in the city um, in terms of just, like, I guess, poor race relations. And the Storm's like, yeah, try being a mutant. And I'm yeah, like...
0: That doesn't make sense.
2: I'm like, but... Like, for for a lot of reasons, I'm like, but... Because I'm like, you know, this is these are two black women. One person is... One black woman is brought up race, and the other one's like, oh, well, if you think that's bad, then try being a mutant. And it's like, I... While I'm sure these things happen in real life, I have questions about the decision to have one black person dismiss the other black person talking about race. Like, why? Yeah,
0: yeah. And especially
2: yeah. make it hi- make it hierarchical such that racial issues are below the issues of racism. Um, or sorry, um, racial issues are below the issues of mutants. And especially having Storm say something like that because she's the, like, prominent black mutant. Like, you know, yeah, there's Bishop and like, yeah, there's like, you know, Darwin and a few other characters, but like Storm's the one that everybody knows.
0: Yeah. yeah, Um, She's she's in the games. She's in the movies. Yeah,
2: exactly. So like, it's meaningful when Storm says certain things with regards to race. Um, So I don't know if that was in X-Men or if that was in the crew. If it was in the crew, then I feel, I think Taunassi Coates would have at least had some hand in that which yeah. i would like to discuss with him
0: yeah that um, sounds weird because right those books are written by black people so it's right, like exactly how did you um, how did that go past like what why did you put that in there is that something they asked to put in there or like? i don't know i like, mean
2: i would definitely hmm. like to discuss that if it is in the crew i would love to have a conversation with the thoughts behind those panels because my feelings are definitely like why fam <laughs> and that's the complicated about i mean that's how i feel and um it's the complicated thing about being critical of the luke cage show too because that show was like produced and well not produced because marvel produced it but like you know show run and written by a black guy right yeah but it's also like some of the most regressive shit i've seen in well some of the most regressive shit I've seen in a while. Like, I didn't just see Nazis storming Charlottesville.
1: But, you know. Um, <laughs> some,
0: some,
2: some, uh, some certainly unexpectedly regressive, even for my relatively low bar of, you know, expecting, um, you know, corporate products, or beyond really corporate products, to be advocating for black people. It was really, like, it's really... I I formally do not want to call it anti black because a black person made it, but I will say that it's definitely shies away from discussing white supremacy and like is pro-police and just kind of seems like it really wants to talk about black on black crime. Um and it's and it's a perspective that I see from like the older generation often too. Yeah. Um which i understand and 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 respect but it's hard man it's like hard to talk about these things like i still haven't really figured out how to talk about luke cage in the way that i would really would like to um and i mostly just kind of try to keep it to the show and not really discuss that much more but i i'm angry and frustrated about that show really um i'm really angry about it and maybe i shouldn't i i feel like i was naive for thinking that maybe it wouldn't be as bad as it was but it was really bad i don't even mean in terms of like quality of show like i mean its politics are incredibly bad um and you know that that's also something to be talked about too if we can ever you know get past concepts like oh maybe don't kill black people then maybe one day we'll arrive at how do we as black people criticize the actions of people within our community without you know contributing to their own sense of isolation or marginalization or whatever um those are important questions to ask um i think it's difficult to do um because you know how do you how do you communicate something um that needs to be said without Crushing someone um, who probably doesn't need to be crushed because um, it's it's easier to talk about white people fucking up on race. It is like because I don't or really non-black people t- fucking up on on black things um, yeah. is the better is the better phrase for that because it's not just white people who will fuck up on black stuff. Um, it it's easier because you know that I don't have to worry about well, you know, am I delegitimizing their views on blackness by criticizing this thing or, or what have you? Um, and I, I would like to talk more about how people navigate those things. Because even from Jump, like, even from Strange Fruit, there is a black guy who worked on that comic, right? Yeah. Um, The letter is a black guy. And I've written one thing about, you know, kind of how I navigated discussing that and how I feel about the choices that I made and if I would make them again. Um, but it is something I, I would like to sit down with a room full of black, black critics, um, or black people who have criticized things. They don't even have to be, have to be critics. Um, and kind of figure out what our feelings are on these things and what our experiences have been and, um, how it feels. Cause I, I try to be as careful as possible, um, not to kind of reify the things that I'm, that I'm railing against. But it's hard. And I wish, <laughs> like I said, I, I wish our our I wish our discourse could arrive at, you know, discussing things on that level. But instead, you know, you got shaken out here putting racial slurs on the front of covers
1: <laughs> and
2: all kinds of foolishness. I mean, that's lately that's really the thing that makes me the angriest. Um, that we can't advance because we keep getting dragged back on the absolute basics the absolute basics. Like, we can't have a really true, like, good, solid, substantive conversation because I have to go back and, like, you know, take some fool, Not even to school, like, to preschool. Like, basic, basic shit. And it's frustrating. I'm frustrated and angry, and I'm... It's the same thing with trans stuff. It's the same thing with native stuff. It's the same thing with all of these marginalized issues, is that every time you know you have to go back to the basics instead of being able to talk about anything like really in depth and really critically it sucks,
0: damn, yeah, like it's interesting to see that like every time you get to a certain point some some uh established person comes and does something that everybody knows is wrong, yeah and you criticize it and it's for some reason people bring up censorship when you oh. just said like yo hey they shouldn't have done this this was yeah. wild stupid and i actually don't have the power to censor you because that's not how censorship works
2: it's i mean it's because you got a bunch of people talking about shit that they literally don't understand and that they're not qualified to discuss and people don't realize that they're not qualified to have opinions on certain things. And so then they open their mouths and say, foolish shit, like censorship. Like, you clearly don't understand what censorship is. So, you're so like, why are you participating in this conversation right now? Oh, it's because you're too stupid to realize that you're stupid. That's what it is. Like, <laughs> and that's, like, I mean, this entire community is suffering from just a huge swath of people who are too stupid to realize that they're stupid. And then we all have to pick the goddamn pieces up. It's ridiculous. Like, censorship, like, these people really out here talking about censorship as though, like, I'm gonna go over there and slap some pen out of some dude's hands and be like, no, you're forbidden from writing forever. Yeah. Okay, even if I wanted to do that, like, that still wouldn't be censorship because I, (laughs) how? How? Like, in what way?
1: Like, how could I do that?
2: (laughs) It can't be done. You sound like a goddamn fool.
1: Yeah.
2: It's just, it's so angering. And it's people with huge, and that's the other thing that gets me. It's people with huge platforms that do this. Massive platforms. It's not like your man with, like, 59 followers who's out here railing about the Muslims and the blacks and how they're taking his jobs. Like, whatever, dude. Do you. Like, (laughs) it's like these people with like thirty nine thousand followers, a hundred thousand followers, and it's not even the dude who is like, oh, the Muslims and the blacks. It's these dudes who like think that they're liberal, but actually anything that's like to the left of them is just ridiculous. Um Yeah. And they cannot receive criticism. They can't do it. Like and uh, I'm getting rolled up again, sorry. The neoliberals.
0: The neoliberals. <laughs> like- the neoliberals.
2: Yeah, like, I mean, I don't even, I wouldn't even call it neoliberals. I would just call it people who have an inability to self-evaluate. Like, they can't evaluate. Because, and it's the same guys who are saying stuff like, oh, the left is mad at me, the right is mad at me, nothing that I do, like, you know, is really right, so I guess that everything that I do is right. And it's like, if you just walk through what you just said, does that make any sense to you at all? Does Does that make any sense? Like, come on, dude. Like, just because, you know, two groups of people are angry with you doesn't mean that, like, actually you've done nothing wrong. Like, actually sit there and think through what is happening and why it's happening. People are so complacent and lazy and just unable to think. And and the thing is, like, I get it. That's the other thing. It's like, I, on an emotional level, understand that it sucks to think bad things about yourself. But the reality is, is that, you know, these things that you're like these bad things like you know you participating in racism you participating in sexism like whatever the stakes are higher than you being a bad person they just are so like you got to get over it and like figure it out son like i i don't i just i just don't have time for like the crying and the like oh you know i'm am i a bad person now and like whatever get it together <laughs> get it together <laughs> Dude, I'm so tired. I'm so tired and pissed of all these babies just rolling around crying about how <laughs> nobody likes their comics or the wrong people like their comics or how they're getting criticized. And they're also like on Entertainment Weekly and all this other bullshit. Like, get it together, man. Come on.
0: Like Yeah, eating. Like, sort it out. Eating.
2: Yeah, and and that's the other thing is like I totally respect your desire to eat, but also like, don't come out here with this foolishness. Like, don't start and I won't be none. It's very simple. <laughs> like, don't act... It's very simple, Julian. It's very simple. Don't act a fool. No one's gonna call you a fucking fool. But still, out in the streets acting like goddamn idiots. And then getting mad when someone calls you an idiot. Like, I I don't know what to do with these people. I have no idea what to do. Like, <laughs> it's, it's a dog and pony show every single day. And I... I would love if, you know, I have my own thoughts on what would fix it, but I think that none of those things will ever come to pass. (laughs) So, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I've just complained this entire time and I feel bad. (laughs) If you're listening to this and you want to be a critic, you should should still do it. I mean, don't do it because, like, there is no reward. But if it makes you happy, you know, hit me up. Let's talk. I'll work with you or whatever. But, like you know criticism is satisfying i do it because i like doing it um and i feel like a maniac actually because um i keep doing it despite the fact that there's minimal reward and um that you know no one really cares but like i like doing it it makes me happy to do it and that's why i do it so here we are
0: (laughs) (laughs) so um i want you to tell me one thing that you like right now
2: one what? Sorry.
0: One thing that you like right now.
2: Comic that I like. So I'm reading much old stuff right now, but so like I'm still reading H2, um, that Adachi comic that I tweet about like extensively. Um, what new thing am I reading? I got short box recently. They so have Akhtar's um, curated box, and I am I haven't read it yet, but I'm really excited to read. Uh, Um, Rosemary Vos comic because it looks gorgeous Um, so I can say that I like that Um, what other comics have I read that I like I feel like I've only been oh um, duh so I I got an advanced copy of um, Tilly Walden's new uh, memoir figure skating memoir um, spinning and I don't think it's my favorite of her works but I think the work is still high quality which is like the best thing that I think that you can say kind of about a book that you don't love but still really enjoy like i think i'm excited about it because i think it does raise the standards and those are the things i want to see like raise the standards for comics like i think it's a well-crafted text and um even if it's not like my favorite i think it's still very strong like technically and emotionally and there are a lot of parts about it that i really like um Tilly walden is probably my favorite western cartoonist um and she is always setting standards for um, what Western comics can be. Um, I differentiate Western because I read a lot of um, Japanese comics and some like French and Belgian comics. and i I don't know what or I'm less aware of the um, social issues and standards issues than I am in the West. So that's why I differentiate yeah. the way that I do. but um, yeah, Tilly's great. She, her her work is so good. Um, and spinning, I think a lot of people will really enjoy.
0: Okay. It's good to, good to have that you got something to mitigate all the stuff <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's making you feel some type of way all the time.
2: Yeah, I do. But that's the thing is that, you know, when I actually, like, read really good stuff, you, it's so easy to forget that. Like, I love writing positively about comics. It's, like, pissed off as I always am. Like, I wrote this essay for, um, also for Xana publish publishing, um, company i guess like she's a publisher now um comics and cola she's publishing uh critical chips too and i'm writing this essay about or i've written this essay about Masamune Shiro's use of comments in the margins and Mm. i i just really like doing stuff like that and and that's the other thing is that you know as pissed as i am and like you know having to go back to basics like part of what's angering about that is that i want to write about good stuff in comics like i want to read good comics and i want to like really dig into the stuff that i love or the stuff that i don't necessarily love but i'm really interested in how that that stuff works and why i don't love it um that's the stuff that like really gets me hype like h2 gets me so hype about like baseball about art about like you know what can be accomplished with like very simple design and very simple layout um so hype like I, like, text my friends extensively about, like, what's happening in the comic because I'm so excited. Um, And comics can be so good. And maybe that's, and and that's, like, I guess the root of all my criticism, too, is that, like, comics can be so good. So, like, why aren't they all the time? You know? Like, why are things like this when they don't have to be? That's really the root, I guess, of me being a critic, um among other things, um, why are things this way? How do these things work? And, you know, me being a marginalized critic and specifically discussing issues of race um, and gender, um, I definitely get into, like, you know, why, why is it like this? It doesn't have to be like this. Why are we still doing this? Um, but I, I love comics. I love them, um, which is hard to remember sometimes. Uh, but I really do. And it feels weird, like, you know, because people talk about, like, oh, you know, I have to get up and I have to write every day because I just feel this drive. And I don't think I feel that. I don't think I feel like a, like, bursting out of my heart love for writing or for comics. Um, There aren't very many things, really anything that, like, makes me want to leap out of bed every day because I like sleeping. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I do feel that. I I must love comics if I'm still here. Is the conclusion that I've kind of drawn. Like I must love comics if I'm if I'm still writing about them and I'm still reading them despite you know knowing a lot more about the uglier sides of the industry than I did before I got involved in the community. And I do kind of miss that period when I was just like, you know, reading superhero comics and minding my own business and like, you know, it was whatever. Um <laughs>
0: Oh, you know, the beautiful and, days. The beautiful days. Yeah,
2: the the halcyon days of ignorance. But also, like, I've gotten to know so many great people in comics that, you know, in the end, I definitely don't regret it. And I've gotten more into, like, reading more small press stuff, which has been great. And, like, you know, finding new new things, new people that I that I really enjoy. Um, but, yeah, I, I think in a weird way, I've, like, kind of after the fact realized, oh i guess i do love comics i must love comics and when i get like super hype about comics which does happen like you know as much as i like stand around yelling about stuff like sometimes i yell about comics and how cool they are because they they are cool um and i want them i want them to be good all the time that's what i want i would like to figure out how to do that
0: so yeah <laughs> All right, there. That's a good. That's a good ending point. I'm not gonna lie. Um, can you tell the All people right. where to find your work and uh, how to follow you online?
2: Sure. Um, I'm at Eleven After on Twitter. That's E L E V E N A F T E R. Um, I've been threatening to make a website for like three years. I haven't actually done it, so that's like a 2017 goal. But if you follow me there, um, almost everything that I do gets put put through there in some capacity or another so you can see my work there um sometimes i write for the guardian sometimes i write for av club um sometimes i do work for women write about comics i'm kind of all over the place um between me say hi um i'll probably say hi back uh it's nice to meet you guys in advance
0: Right, right. thanks for um being on the show
2: thank you for having me
1: this is new to you initially. I didn't want fall but you gather my attention, it was all for you, so don't
0: take it back. Ignorant Bliss is on iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Mix Cloud. It's also a part of the Taylor Network of Podcasts. It is also part of Critical the Movie Review Network on Blog Talk Radio. Um you can follow on Twitter, IGBL Podcast. You can follow me at Julian Lytle, L Y T L E, on all the major social networks. Um, Ignorant Bliss is on Facebook, so follow, like, and the such. Ignorant Bliss Podcast. Or please review the show on everything you can and share it. And the email for the show is podcast at gmail.com. Always check for the show notes for links to the people that's on the show along with uh, any other little fact toys and links to how to listen to the show and my playlist for the show also the website for the show is ignorant blisscom and peace
1: Send me your location Let's find the vibrations i don't need Enough, I didn't know you